that said, keep connecting with the Spirit of the Lord that is in this house. Hallelujah. Oh, we need you now. Whatever the problem is, no matter how big, no matter how small, our God is touched by the feeling of our infirmities. If you stretch out by faith right now and just say, I'm going to leave this place. I'm going to connect with heaven tonight. I'm going to connect with the king tonight. I'm going to get the attention of God with my faith. No matter how big it is, no matter how small it is. Come on, my team, in the name of Jesus. Come on, believe that he'll do it even now. Believe that he is hearing you right now. The Bible says, come boldly before the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy. Come on, you don't have to come in insecurity. You don't have to come in guilt. You don't have to come in condemnation. But you can come boldly. You are his child. He is your father. He is the king of glory. Hallelujah. Come on, whatever it is, maybe you need to tell them what it is. Maybe you need to just say, Lord, I need you. I need you. You can be transparent with him. Come on, there is no problem that is too big. There is no situation that is too small. Come on, you're not that small that God can't see you. He knows exactly where you're at, even the fowls of the air. He knows each every last one of them by name. The very numbers on your hair are on your head. They're counted for. Entered in the name of Jesus. There's somebody in this room that's hungry tonight. God is a spirit. He can be speaking to you right now. He could be ministering to you right now. We're not going to rush. Come on, God's doing something right now. We're not going to get ahead of God. I'm not in that hurry to get up and preach. When God's doing something right now. Hallelujah. That's it in the name of Jesus. This is your breakthrough night. The miracle worker is here. Maybe it's a miracle. Maybe it's something going on with your child. Maybe it's something going on with your home, your, your spouse. Maybe, maybe it's yourself. Maybe it's something that you've learned to carry. Maybe you're the person that says, well, I've, I've gone, I've gotten prayer. And it's still here. The problem is still here. Come on, your God will outlive your problem. Don't stop coming to him. Your God will outlive every situation. Don't stop bringing him your situations. I don't care how old, how strong, what your fighting is. Your God is greater. I'm not going to stop coming to him. I'm not. I'm, I'm going to be like the woman that came before the unjust judge until he tells me no I'm going to keep on coming hallelujah come on is there somebody in this room this evening that says I've still got a hunger Lord 
you didn't do it for me last week but I just want to let you know Lord that, that my petition still stands I still feel the same way I, I still feel the same way hallelujah there's some things that are in the will of God for your life you're not going to be distracted you're not going to cast it aside but I'll wait my turn no matter what it takes no matter how long it takes I'm going to wait my turn I'm hungry. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. I'm desperate. Oh, Lord, it may cause you to get a little bit beside yourself. Sometimes you just got to lay it all aside. Sometimes you got to lay the distractions aside. Sometimes you just got to rear back. Praise the Lord and just say, Lord, just here I am. I'm not here to put on the mask. Not here to play a role. This is where I'm at. This is who I am. This is what I'm dealing with. But I know who you are and I know what you're capable of doing. I know that you've got all power. I know that you've got all authority. Maybe you're struggling with doing the will of God. Maybe you're trying to find the will of God. I'm going to pursue after you, God. the Lord drew you here respond to the drawing seek him with all of your heart he said after you have sought me with all of your heart said you'll find me come on that's it evil 
give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all of your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord. And I will turn away your captivity. And I will gather you from all the nations, from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord. And I will bring you again unto, into the place whence I have caused you to be carried away captive. I remember it was the winter of 98 to be exact the month was January it was my senior year in high school I as a matter of fact it was during our winter break, two weeks out of school. It had been a couple of months removed from my parents' house. I ran away from home when I turned 18. Well, I ran away from home when I was 18. My senior year in high school, I would say it was probably around the month of December. I believe it was the beginning of December. I remember speaking to my father. I'd ran away a week or so before. I told my father, I said, Dad, I feel like I've got demons. My father was a deacon in the local Baptist church in the city. I was fighting some things on the inside. Depression was eating away at me like a cancer. And if you've never known what it is like to deal with depression, you are a special someone. And if you don't have anything to thank God for, you can thank God that he kept you from the spirit of depression. I remember telling my father in the December of 97, I said, Dad, I feel like I've got demons in me. I knew I was self-destructive. I knew that I had problems. I knew that I had issues, but what is the point of knowing that you've got a problem and you can do nothing to fix it? I remember going to church, contemplating in that local Baptist church. 
contemplating one Saturday night. They had a special service. It was contemplating whether or not I should just walk down the aisle again and attempt to give my life to Jesus. I had done it before, and I was willing to do it again if me walking down the aisle was going to yield the results that I was looking for. I remember with this deep depression that was in me this time, Once again, I'd been in a lot of trouble. And it seemed as though I was literally destroying my life. I remember leaving. And my father and my mother calling around, trying to call people I went to school with, begging them to tell them where the son was located. I told my father, I said, Dad, I, I cannot live like this anymore. On the outside, it looked like I was happy with sin. But on the inside, there was a war that was going on that was far greater and far more destructive and far less pleasant than what it looked like on the outside. My father picked me up, I believe we were around Post Road in Indianapolis. And he began to ask me questions concerning what I felt was in me. And I was actually crying out for help. I knew he was a deacon in this church. But it was then that I realized for the first time in my life that my father had a title with no power. He he carried a heavy position in the church. People knew him. People respected him. People honored him. And I found at that moment that I needed something more than just religion. I needed something more than just an organized, institutionalized church. It comes down to a place in every person's life. Or at least it came down to mine. That if you're in the institution, sooner or later, you're going to need something greater than what the institution can produce. Because institutions are there to hold you in the place that you were when you came in. 
Institutions are not designed to restore you. They're only designed to house you. I found myself in a prison called church. I was bound in a church. I was institutionalized. And because I was institutionalized, it allowed room for me to be housed by spirits. If you've never known what it is like to have devils that live inside of you, you need to thank God for his mercy and him keeping you. It was in January that things began to go work, go from worse to even more worse. And I came to the place where I began to seek the Lord. I ran away from my father's house again. Why? Because I did not understand staying in a place bound. going through the motions, wanting to be free, can't be delivered. I left. Some would say that I made one of the worst mistakes of my life, and at times I think, I wonder if I did. However, I found that God can meet you in the middle of one of the worst mistakes of your life. Sometimes it has nothing to do with you just making the right mistake. Sometimes it has something to do with God having it so made up in his mind that he's going to get that he's going to get what belongs to him. His love is so made up that he is willing to meet you on any road of your life if he can have you. I thank the Lord that he did not meet me, wait for me to come down the road of holiness for him to come after me. But I thank the Lord that in the middle of the worst mistakes of my life, he not only kept me, but he met me. I remember getting into an altercation. And in this altercation, I thought, I found out later, I was getting into a lot of altercations where death was around. And when I realized that I had just missed something, I knew that God calling me so I went and I got baptized after I got the baptism I got baptized I stayed at an altar that night 
the saints then didn't let you leave unless you were filled with the Holy Ghost. They stayed there as long as you needed them to stay. They didn't wait until Sunday service to baptize you. God moved on you at 3 o'clock in the morning. That at 3 o'clock in the morning, someone would get a hold of a preacher and they'd baptize you at the moment that God deals with your spirit. I still believe that it is the order of God not to wait on your baptism. But the moment that you hear his voice, the eunuch said, what doth hinder me from being baptized? I went to the water. I was baptized in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I was baptized over again because the first baptism was in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. That was a traditional baptism that was not instituted by the scripture. But it was a baptism that was instituted by the Catholic Church. And it was adopted by other Protestant churches. Protestant churches are the ones that protested against the Catholic Church. Baptist church that I belong to believed that it was important to be baptized. They called them Baptists because they rebaptized all of their converts. But it's not good just to understand that baptism is essential if the name is not essential. I had a baptism. We had a ceremony. We had titles. We had robes and we had water. But we had no name. Can I tell you that if you were baptized in the name of titles, if you were baptized in a traditional way that was only good for joining a local church, you need to be baptized again in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody, for the remission of sin. It made me a member of the Baptist church, but it did not make me a member of the kingdom of God. Made me a member of the church or the institution. But it didn't wash away the sin. I looked up at the preacher. I said, where are the tongues? I was upset. I was hurt. I felt as though I was led astray because someone had told me that if I'd get baptized, I'd receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. 
I wasn't coming for the sake of just coming. I was coming because I was sold on the message. And if that message is true, then I need that message to be demonstrated in my life. I've come to tell you that the gospel's still true. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. George, had you ever seen a devil cast out before? No. Had you ever seen anyone's life turned around before? Maybe. Have you ever seen God? Did you, and I'm talking about George back then. George, have you ever experienced what you're looking for? No. George, have you ever met anyone that God has done for them what you're asking him to do for you? No. Why are you coming then? Because somebody preached something to me. And what they preached registered with where I was at. I was hopeless before they showed up. But when they preached, it presented another door that gave me hope. I am here because of the hope that I have. I have faith in what they have spoken because of the hope that I have. I've come to tell someone, you say all I've got is hope. Can I tell you that hope is all you need? There's something that happens when hope is all that you've got left. Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. I was disappointed because not only did I need God to do what I needed God to do, I needed it now. I don't know if you know what it is like to be bound. It's one thing to be bound in the joy, the bondage that you're in. But if you've lived long enough, you know that things get old after a while. I enjoyed the bondage that I was in until things started happening that I did not sign up for. See, the devil will take you further than what you intended to go. It was fine when I could control my passions. But it's a whole nother deal when the spirit enters on the inside of you 
and it controls you through your passions. When you think that you're in control and you come to the, to the place where you realize that now you're no longer in control. But there's a devil that is on the inside of you that has the control. And you are a servant to that devil. And if that devil is not removed from you, you will die at the hands of that devil. What do you do when you've got something in you that needs to go, but you don't know how to get it out? Sometimes getting devils to come in is easier than getting them to come out. It's easy to get that invitation. They'll come into the door very compliant. But it's amazing how devils are willing to outstay their welcome. At the moment you say, well, I'm tired of being in this place, I'm tired of you ruling my life. I don't want you in my life. I don't want you in my mind. I don't want you in my world anymore. It is then that the devil says, oh no, I've got you. And now what happens is it creates so much confusion that you don't know who to call on. But can I tell you, Jesus is a name that you can call on. I went out of the baptistry. I went down into the changing room. And I was met with three women that sat on the pew after getting dressed. They said, Brother Hurt, you want the Holy Ghost? I said, yes. I began to cry out to God. Five minutes go by. Twenty minutes go by. Forty-five minutes go by. An hour goes by. Two hours go by. And nothing, nothing happened. What do you do when you go to God and you are expecting something from God right now and what you came for doesn't happen at the moment that you expect it? I remember standing up and they said, George, what is it that you are holding on to? And I was upset 
because I said there's nothing that I'm holding on to. If anything, I felt like I had more things that were holding on to me than things that I was actually holding on to. I stormed out the doors of the church. That was one of the winters where we had a lot of snow accumulation. And I stormed out the church doors and I walked down Michigan Road with snow up to the shin of my legs. Angry because I wanted to be delivered, but I didn't know how to be delivered. There's some people tonight that you say you don't know how, but God is going to show you how tonight. When I went into the baptistry, I was under the impression that I would never have to sleep another night like the nights I had been sleeping. I was under the impression I would never have to go another day the way that I had been going. I walked out of the church doors, and as I'm walking down the street, one of the church mothers came and pulled up beside me and said, Brother Hurt. They didn't call me Brother Hurt. They didn't call, believe in calling you brother if you didn't have the Holy Ghost back then. Said, George, what are you doing? Where are you going? I said, I'm getting out of here. What happened in there? She didn't know whether or not I got it or not. I said, I'm good. Where are you going? Home. Home is on the other side of town. How are you going to get there? I'm walking. George, don't you see all the snow? Get in the car. Got in the car. I went home. And I remember the depression kicking in even more. There are some people in this room that you have gone to church depressed and you've left church depressed. You've come to the house of God with an expectation and you leave with a disappointment. God's going to help you tonight. God is going to help you tonight. And if you believe that right now, I want you to lift your hands towards heaven and surrender your heart and your mind and your will to God and say, Lord, whatever it takes, whatever you want to do, whatever you need to do, Lord God, I want to leave this house changed tonight. I want to leave this house with your perfect will done in my life tonight. Lord, I have an expectation. Jesus name I went to sleep that night two nights later 
and I was, remember going to bed, wanting what they called the Holy Ghost. See, the thing is, when you know that there is a solution, you start craving the solution more than you crave just the things that got you into the problem. There was a solution, and I desired God more than I desired just to get out of my problem. See, the thing is, in the dream, I remember coming into an all-white area. White like you have never seen white before. And all of a sudden, I heard the voice of an individual speak to me. Kind of reminds you of the voice of a person that would be a receptionist. I've heard that voice only twice in my life that way. At that time, I heard that voice couple of months ago when I wanted to go back to sleep during my time during the time of early morning prayer and I fell back to sleep and five minutes later I heard that voice call my name again audibly but in the dream I heard this voice and it said George, how may I help you? And with all of the desire and hunger that was in my heart, I opened up my mouth and I said, I am trying to find God. See, If you're going to get a hold of him, you've got to be willing to find him. The Bible says, call on, no, seek him. No, ask and it shall be given. Seek, you shall find. Knock, and it shall be open. I came with the mindset that maybe God would not make me go through a process of finding him. I thought me just showing up was enough. And he would make himself known unto me. But can I tell somebody in this room this evening that God is here and he is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and that are of a contrite spirit. He is here. But he's only going to reveal himself to those that will seek him, them that will ask. 
seek. Knock. What are you saying, Brother Herb? I know you've asked him. But have you sought him? And just because you've sought him doesn't mean that you haven't came to the door yet. What do you do when you have a need and you know that God is here and you have made your request known unto God? And God doesn't do it. Hunger will cause you to come a little closer. I had, a, I had an aunt. She died at 102. She was blind for all of my life during that time. As a child, I remember watching her. We would mock her. But I remember as a child trying to figure out how she navigates in a dark world. She moves by touch and by hearing. I would intentionally turn the lights off in the house to see if I could just Navigate through the house by hearing and by touching. What do you do when the world that you're living in is dark? You can't see the light of day. You can't see how God is going to do it. You can't see God around you, in you. You don't know how God's going to turn this thing around, but he is telling you to seek after him, but the whole room is dark. What do you mean? Something happens when you step out by faith. And you begin to pursue him. What? What do you mean? How do I pursue? Trust me. You don't have to know everything about him to pursue after him. For instance, I've got a friend that was seeking information on high end secret societies. He was going to libraries. He was buying all the books, getting all the material, researching a lot of stuff online. One day, he receives a letter in the mail saying, greetings, told him, we know who you are. We want to invite you to a meeting that we're going to be having. I believe it was in this area. 
or maybe in the New England area, I can't remember. We want to invite you to our meeting. We can make it where you can have whatever you want. If it's women, if it's fame, if it's money, we want you to come. However, if you don't come, we ask that you quit researching us. True story. He got nervous. Why? Because he's a saint. He got nervous and he backed up. He tore the letter up. Got rid of some of the books. And he found out that at that moment that when you seek after high places, there's fillers that are out there. And those powers that be that are in high places are where those that are seeking after them. They're not moved by just the person that just goes and looks at something on YouTube. It's when there's something greater, a deeper hunger. And usually if you're willing to put forth all of the effort, With effort comes commitment. And every good leader wants a committed follower. God is not going to give you something just because you want it. He wants to see your commitment long after you say you really want it. You want the deliverance? How committed are you to stay delivered? You want the healing? How committed are you to not only get the healing, but to stay healed? You want the relationship? How committed are you to obtain the relationship? Why? Because if you have no commitment to get it, you won't have any commitment to keep it. God said, seek me. See, the thing is, we want God to seek us. But God says, I want you to seek me. God is saying, I want you to seek him. You don't find him just because you've got a need. God's not attracted to needs. God's attracted to faith. And faith will make you do something. Faith works. But you've got to work your faith. The voice said, George, how may I help you? I 
didn't know a lot of scriptures. I did not know. some of the things I know today. But I believed that God was. And I was willing to seek him in any kind of way that was possible that came to my mind. See, the thing is, God will put the tools and put the things that are necessary in front of you. To take the next step. My next step. Was before I went to sleep. And there was a hunger. I was like man. I sure do want the Holy Ghost. See, the hunger that I had that night after things seemed like they failed was far greater than the hunger that I had when I was for sure I was going to get it the moment I came out of the baptistry. Sometimes the hunger that you walk in here with is not the hunger he's looking for. Sometimes the hunger that he's looking for is when you walk out of here without what you came here for. But you come here again because you are determined and there's a hunger on the inside of you that says, I can't leave here until I get a hold of the master. I was in a lot of trouble. But he wasn't going to give me the Holy Ghost or give me what I was asking for until I wanted to heal more than the prayer request. You got to understand that God is looking for people that want him more than the blessing. You can't get the blessing without getting him. You can't get the deliverance without getting him. You've got to want him more than you want your prayer requests. you got to want him more than you want your children saved. You've got to want him more than you want your marriage healed. You've got to want him more than you want your deliverance. Because blessings get old. Blessings get old. But Jesus, he's the ancient of days. He is from everlasting to everlasting. He is the beginning. He is the end. He is the first he is the last. He is the Alpha. He
He is the Omega. He that is, he that was, and he that is to come. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is a God that will never run out. He is a God that will never die. He is eternal. And he is from everlasting. Somebody needs to worship the Lord because you got a God that won't die. You got a God that says, Lo, I'm going to be with you all the way until the end of the world. He won't wear out. He won't faint. He won't perish. He won't be conquered. He can't be defeated. He can't be destroyed. He can't be overthrown. He was here in the beginning. He will be here in the end. Heaven and earth will pass away, but he will always stand. He is a good God. I'm going to push after him. Somebody needs a press into his presence. Somebody needs a press into his presence. Somebody needs a press into his presence. The Bible says, in your patience, possesseth your soul. I thought that all the souls were God's. 
you're telling me that in my patience possesses my soul. How is it that my soul belongs to God but my patience has possession over my soul. There's another place where the scripture says you must have need of patience. Trials worketh Patience, patience work hope. If my patience possesses my soul, then if your soul belongs to God, then what God does with your soul has a lot to do with your patience. Yeah, all souls belong to God. The ones that are patient and the ones that aren't. But the responsibility comes upon the individual and their patience in pursuing and seeking after God. The voice said, George, how may I help you? Hadn't heard nothing. The whole time I had been seeking. I had to fight through the disappointment. I had to fight through the psychological things that were going through my mind on why God was rejecting me. Why? Because there's a lot of things that come in to try to hinder you from seeking him. Getting knocked back down and getting up. I might have fell right there, but I'm going to keep pursuing him. All of a sudden, I hear a voice. Can I help you? I remember like it was yesterday. I said, yes. I'm trying to find God. Afterwards, 
was like the communication in the room went silent. But even though there was no more audible voice speaking in the dream, there was instructions being downloaded into my spirit. At that time, the 18-year-old me had never experienced, never encountered anything like that in my life. I woke up and I knew exactly what I needed to do. There was something that I was holding on to that I didn't know that God wanted gone. And if I was willing to get rid of it, then he would fill me with the Holy Ghost. There are details, detailed things that can hinder you from getting what you're praying for. But if you desire what you're praying for more than you desire who you're praying for, he will never reveal to you the details. Why? Because if he remove, if he reveals to you the details and you turn around and get what you're wanting, you will worship what you've got instead of worshiping the one that gave it to you. Sometimes waiting, but being diligent, patient. The Bible says, he that cometh to God must believe that he is, that he's a rewarder to them that diligently seek him. I knew exactly what to do. I made a phone call. I said, I want the Holy Ghost. I said, can you bring me the church? They said, sure, we'll have the church bus. I think the church bus came and picked me up. I went to church that night. And within a matter of minutes, gone baptize me in the Holy Ghost. But I didn't find him until I sought him with all of my heart. There are those that are in this room you have forgotten what all is. And there are times where I think 
that I know what all is. But I found that what all was yesterday may not be what all is today. Because she's holding me accountable to what I knew back then. But to whom much is given, much is required. What it took for you to get in the door may not be enough to stay in the door. What it took to get into the door may not be enough to get you into the next door. Because at that moment, all I had to go with was what they had spoke in a hunger. But when there are things that God is telling you to do, your ministry, making room for the things of God in your home and in your life, building an altar in your house where God visits you and visits your house on a daily basis. Much is given. The Lord speaks to Jeremiah. He said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. There are those in this room. It's so easy for you to quit because the enemy has convinced you that God's thoughts of you are evil. I'm not going to be healed. I'm just going to be this way the rest of my life. I'm never going to be restored. God's rejecting me. He starts off telling Jeremiah, listen. Regardless of what thoughts you may feel about yourself. Regardless of the thoughts that the enemy has tried to engulf your mind with. I want to make you aware of some things. Sister, lift your hands towards heaven. The sister on the front row with the red. The Lord is your healer. The Lord is your deliverer. You don't have to go another day like this. If you will open up your whole heart right now and say, Lord, I surrender all to you. Not just repeating the words, but the determination that I'm going to be committed to my pursuit after you. Not just what I need him to do. I'm not pursuing him for what I need him to do. I'm not pursuing him for what I want him to do. I'm pursuing him for what he wants to do.
I'm pursuing him for what he needs me to do. And when I desire the perfect will of God, there is an encounter that comes between you and God. And whatever wall, whatever hedge has been over your life, there are things that begin to come down when you see God with all of your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. Come on, somebody, in the name of Jesus. Uh, Somebody needs to lay some things down. Somebody needs to cast some cares aside and say, Lord, here I am. Lord, here I am. Lord. Hallelujah. Here I am. I know. I know my thoughts that I think towards you. Thoughts of peace. See, the thing is, you, you, you have no peace of mind. That's one thing I remember. Is having no peace. He said, my thoughts are thoughts of peace. If his thoughts are thoughts of peace, why is it that I don't have thoughts of peace? His thoughts are thoughts of peace. Why don't I have peace? If if his thoughts are thoughts of peace, then what's going on with me? He can never fix what's going on with you. If you don't pursue after him with all of you. The thoughts of peace, not of evil. My destination for your life, my destiny for your life is not evil. My destiny for your life is peace. To give you an end with great expectation. Something you can look for. Something you're willing to die for. Something that you can wage it all and say, you can have this whole world, but give me Jesus. You can have my time. You can have my life. You can have my money. You can have my car. You can have my health, my strength, but just give me Jesus. You can have everything I got. If I lose everything I've got, if I, if I don't get the promotion, if I don't get this thing in my life, if I don't, if they never come back, if the person never apologize, just give me Jesus. Just, just give me Jesus. If, if I could have more Jesus, I, I might not have any more money, but Lord, just give me more Jesus. I, I don't want to come into your presence hungry for more than anything but Jesus. I don't want to come seeking you for more than anything but Jesus. I want Jesus in the morning. I want Jesus in the afternoon. I want Jesus in the evening time. I want Jesus when I lay my head down to sleep at night. I want Jesus when I wake up in the morning. I want Jesus on my dying bed. If you don't give me new health, just give me a renewal of 
of Jesus. If you don't restore my children, just make sure that I've got more of you. If you don't raise up my child, if you don't raise up my husband, give me more of you, Jesus. I can always use more of you. I can always use more of you. I'm not satisfied until I've got all of you. Come on, somebody needs to ask him for more of him. Somebody needs to call upon him. Will you understand? He has an expected end. Something should cause you to say, I don't know what I've been fighting. I don't know what's been plaguing my mind. I don't know what's got me depressed, what's got me full of fear, and what's got me all of anxiety. But I've heard a word from the master, and the master has spoken. He says that his thoughts of me are peace. I don't know what the devil's talking about. I don't know what the news is talking about. I don't know what the government's talking about. I know they're talking about 2020, and there's things that are coming up in 2021. I don't know what they're talking about. I don't even know about that, but I've heard a word from the master, and he said his thoughts of me are peace and not of evil to give me an expected end. I'm not going to just sit back and try to figure it all out. I'm not going to sit back and try to sift through all the stuff but the Bible says them that thirst and hunger after righteousness shall be filled he said then you shall call upon me do you understand that when it registers that his thoughts of you are peace and not evil to give you an expected end he said at that moment you shall call upon me and you shall go and pray unto him and he will hearken unto you and you shall seek him and you shall find him when you shall search for him with all of your heart. Is there somebody in this room today that will give God all of your heart? Is there somebody in this room that will pursue him with all of your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength? I'm going to show you what all is. There comes a time when just going to someone you know has a relationship with God is not good enough. There comes a time where you've got to go beyond just going to the person that knows how to give all. Knowing people that pursue with all. There comes a time where the master says, tell them 
I want them to come talk to me. Tell them I want them to come and talk to me. Tell them I want them to come after me. You shall call upon me. And you shall go and pray unto me. You can call without praying. What are you saying? You can call. I went home. See, the hunger didn't stop at the church. I took the hunger home with me. Anybody can be hungry at church. But it takes passion to take that hunger home with you. See, I'm getting ready to pray this thing through. I'm getting ready to seek God. Why? Because, see, when you're just in it for what you can get, then if you go to church and you don't get it, you're content. But when your hunger is deeper, what you're looking for is deeper than something on the surface. You just can't be comfortable with just leaving church and going back to normal. You leave church so that you can go home to pray. Come on, I know you can pray at church, but can you pray at home? When was the last time you left a church service and you said, we're not going to Wendy's, we're not going to Burger King, we're not going to the restaurant. I, I just get me to my house, get me to my prayer closet. I want everybody to turn everything off. Don't bother me, don't walk through this house, don't make no noise. I've got to get a hold of God. I need him. He spoke to me in church. I got a word that confirmed that he wants to talk to me. And when I get home, I don't want to talk to you. Don't tell nobody that I want to talk to them. Don't pick up the phone. Don't come to me with no phone calls. I need to get a hold of God. I need to get a hold of God. Is there somebody in this room tonight that's going to leave this place tonight and say, I've got a word from the Lord. He's told me that his thoughts of me are good or peace and not of evil to give me an expected end. Tonight I'm going to call upon him with all of my heart but after I've called upon him I'm going to go and I'm going to pray and he's going to hearken unto me and I'm going to seek him and I'm going to find him because tonight when I leave here I'm going to search him with all of my heart. I'm searched him in church with all of my heart but I didn't find them but there's something that happens when I get within the confines of my prayer closet and I begin to go after God with all of my heart there's 
something when I send my children on the way and tell my wife and my son, just go somewhere, go to the store, go to go somewhere, go to the store, go to the mall. And I shut the door, I cut the cell phone off, and I begin to get a hold of God until God begins to fill my office, until God begins to fill my room. I'm not in this thing because I want the glory of God to fill my room. I'm in this thing because I need to get a hold of the king of glory. I need more than just your presence. I need your face. I need your will. I desire your perfect will to be done in my life. Is there somebody in this room tonight that will open up your mouth and begin to call upon the name of the Lord? We sung about the name of the Lord. We worshiped about the name of the Lord. We praise and we magnify the name of the Lord. But is there somebody in this house tonight that will call upon the name of the Lord? Is there somebody in this house tonight that will pursue the will of the Lord? Is there somebody in this house tonight that will go after him with everything that you've got? I remember being in the prison and a Pentecostal group came in. It might have been a year or two, a year or two before my release. But what I was hungry for was greater than a release. I remember being in that chapel service. And there were people that were content. They were content. They were comfortable with the way things were going. And to come unto God and to pursue him with all of your heart at that moment seemed awkward. Because how do you call upon the Lord with all of your heart in the midst of people who are comfortable? I got tired. waiting for the corporate body to get a hunger before I called. I'll never forget. I was like, I don't care what these men think. They may talk about me. 
They may laugh at me. It might not even be the order of their service. But what I desired was something greater, something bigger that could not fit within the order of their service. There's some things that God wants to birth in you that can't fit within the order of your service. There's some things that God wants to do in you that cannot fit. What what do I mean by the order of your service? That order that puts restrictions on people. That psychological order that restricts you to responding to God in the capacity that God is calling you for to at that moment. Why? Because what might have been good enough to get you into the door might not be good enough to get you into the next door. never forget I begin to call out on the Lord I begin to call out on the Lord as if this was my last opportunity I wasn't calling on to him because I wanted to get out I was calling on him because I wanted him to come in I'm telling you, there's a, there's a deliverance and there's a breakthrough and there's a healing right around your hunger. It's on the other side of your hunger for him. And if you will pursue him with all of your heart, God will do about the miracle in your life. This next moment, I'm not going to pump you. I'm not going to prime you. If you're hungry, close mouths. Don't get fed.
sister that has her head down that's wearing white sitting next to the woman with the gray shirt on right in front of me the woman with the one yeah her just stand up see a gentleman and I hear the voice of God but I see your heart and I see your eyes fixed in a distracted motion because you want God to move with this individual when God's calling you. My sister tonight, God is aware, fully aware of you. 
fully aware of the burden, fully aware of the stress, fully aware of this uncertainty that you have in your spirit concerning the next several months. But God's perfect will, God's call for you is much greater than the pressing need that is on your heart. Mm. The Lord said, there have been several summers that have gone by and around this time every year distraction comes but the voice and the consistent voice of God has remained the same you will not miss this season but tonight you're going to lay aside every weight sin that easily beset you. You're going to run this race with patience. The Lord says, I am calling you this night to come. He says, I'm calling you to come and sit down at his table. thought you could change people even by the way that you love. But the Lord says you've got to let my love change you. He said you cannot put his love for you on the back burner and think that you will be effective in changing others by your love. If you will allow the love of God the rabbits self around you. It will impact how you love. And could it be that in the process of you loving God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength without distraction, you can sit back and watch God reach even the ones you love. But the Lord says, I am calling you this night. You will not miss this season. Say the Lord. Stretch your hands towards it. This night by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. There's a wind that's getting ready to blow upon you right now. In Jesus' name, Lord, you're the miracle worker. 
I command the fighting to cease in her mind tonight in the name of Jesus and deliverance to take place in the heart. In the name of Jesus, I speak breakthrough even in the home, even with the family. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. You're laying aside weights tonight. Come on. Come on, if you're in this room tonight, you've got weights that you're holding on to right now is a time to begin to cast those things aside. Hallelujah. Because God's not just calling her, God's calling you. I see a bunch of sick people around you. I see you going to where sick people are. You have a burden for sick people. This night, the Lord says, I want to heal you. In the name of Jesus. Like a nurse would minister to the wounds of an individual, so shall the Lord minister to you tonight. As a doctor would minister to the wounds of an individual, so shall the Lord minister to you tonight. For the Lord says that I am your healer and I am your deliverer. And tonight he's going to do a healing within your heart, your mind, and your body. In the name of Jesus, I speak healing to you this night. In Jesus' name. My sister in the, with the black mask on. It's got the young man with his arm wrapped around you with the white mask on. And you got the other young man on the other side of you with the white mask on. Can you two stand? The lady with the, yeah, there you go. Your husband and wife, you're not married. What is your name, sir? Somebody. Nick. Nick. What is your name, ma'am? Melissa. Melissa. You're my spokesman. <laughs> if I can't hear him, you speak for him, all right? <laughs> Melissa. The Lord said it is not so much what you're warning that is not in the will of God. But the way you want it, that's what's not the will of God. And the Lord says, I want you to put me first. There, I see a woman. I see a woman. I see a older woman and Melissa 
I see you, see this older woman that I see confusion with this older woman. I see, I see control, like, like, someone likes control. I see you fighting to please someone that all they want is to control. Within this woman, there's a spirit that's connected on the women's side of her family that all of them are like that. And the way it operates is almost like witchcraft. It creates intimidation. So the place where if you don't please them, the very one that says that they love you can be the very one that is quick to tear you down to get get control of you the Lord says I want you to put me first in this world there's one that you must please and the one that you must please is the Lord This night, I see you. I see you always are just busy. Very busy. And you've always been that way. Because there's always been a lot required out of you ever from, from a young age. You don't know what it's like to really rest. The Lord said tonight, he said, tell her that I'm calling her closer. The issue is that the spiritual, emotional, psychological abuse that you have dealt with from a child has you trapped and you don't know how to get out. The only reason why you're even pushing is because of the responsibilities that you've got right now or else you would have given up a long time ago. But this night, the Lord says, I will fight your battle. He said, I will fight this thing for you. What he is looking for you to do is to surrender. There's been this spirit that creates fear. It sits in the house. It's not just that house. It's traveled with you from a child. 
tonight God's going to cut off all connections that come through the spirit of witchcraft because I see it I see someone like family the spirit runs through the family tonight God's going to cut it off what I want you to do Melissa what you need to do it's time to trust God not fight God not resist God but submit to God the Bible says if you submit yourself unto him and resist the devil he will flee Melissa you want peace tonight if you want peace I want you to raise your hand My friend, you want her to have peace tonight. I want you to raise both of your hands. Because tonight, what you need, my friend, she can't give you. And what she needs, my friend, you can't give her. But there is one that is in this house who can do all things. And in the name of Jesus tonight, I want you to begin to talk to God right now. I surrender all. Come on, in the name of Jesus, stretch your hands towards them tonight. Hallelujah. There you go, sister. Thank you. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I speak a breakthrough, Lord God, upon her life this night. In the name of Jesus, that's it, sister. Come on, I'm going to surrender all tonight. Come on, the sacrifices of a broken heart and a contrite spirit, he will not reject. Come on, the Lord is nigh unto you right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray, God, that you would bring down the stronghold. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, bring down this spirit, hallelujah, that is bind our mind and our heart, our emotions. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I pray for deliverance tonight. I come against every spirit. I come against every curse. I come against every stronghold tonight. Of the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. Tonight I declare deliverance to her heart. I declare breakthrough to her mind, to her family this day. Of the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it, young lady. Go, that's it. Come on. I'm repenting. Come on, that's it. Go ahead and repent. Praise the Lord. Go ahead. Talk to God. Confess those things before God. Lord God, I'm surrendering everything to you, Lord. I'm laying everything aside. Whatever you're calling me to, whatever you're wanting me to do tonight, I'm willing to do it. I've got a hunger for you. Come on. In the name of Jesus, there's a hunger on the inside of you. You didn't put that hunger there. God put that hunger there. And God's going to draw. 
draw you by the hunger that he has placed on the inside of you tonight. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, we speak deliverance, hallelujah, to her heart. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that you would restore her soul. In the Masoko Bahia, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will restore her soul. In the name of Jesus, that's it, some young lady. Come on, the Lord's hand is upon you right now. The Spirit of God is upon you right now. In the name of Jesus, uh, come on, that's it. Receive ye the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh, come on, let the Holy Ghost get a hold of you. Come on, in the name of Jesus, let the Lord change your language. Uh, in the name of Jesus, uh, oh, my man, in the name of Jesus, oh God, sweep through that place tonight in the name of Jesus. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I pray for the gentleman, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that there will be a surrenderance of the mind. Come on, my brother. The Lord will fight your battle. In the name of Jesus, the Lord is your strength. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your help. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Come on, the Lord is your help. Come on, that's it, my brother. I want you to surrender all. Lord, I surrender myself to your will. Lord God, you're greater than I am. Lord God, you're greater than the adversary that is fighting me. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it, my brother. In the name of Jesus, I want you to surrender your will, your will, your way. Hallelujah to God. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, we speak deliverance to the mind, to the home, to the family this day. By the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, glory, 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 glory. Thank you. Sister. My sister, Melissa. Melissa, have you ever been baptized? Yes. Thank you. Were you baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost? Melissa?
say there's an Andrew? Do you go by Andy? Huh? He goes by what? Nandy. You go by Nandy? What is your name? Alright. Stand up, Brother Nandy. You stand up too, Brother Brother in the green, you talk in tongues? You've been baptized? Where were you baptized at? Huh? Halfway? Half, halfway Christian church? Halfway. Halfway, okay. All right. I'm telling you, it's hard to hear, you know, with these masks. It's Pentecostal Church pathway. All right. It's this church. Okay. You want the Holy Ghost? You believe God to fill him with the Holy Ghost? Brother, I want you to go to the back. There's somebody that'll meet you back there that knows how to pray with you to receive the Holy Ghost. Amen? If you've never talked in tongues before, you've never received the Holy Ghost, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. You got baptized, right? The other day? Where'd you get baptized at? Restoration Church? Okay. How did they, did they, they baptize you in the Father, Son, Holy Ghost? What did she say? All right. You both got baptized there? All right. You both need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. For, and the reason why I say that is because, like I've said, I might have said it earlier, baptism in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost is just a traditional baptism. It's not biblical, but it's traditional. But God's not going to hold you accountable to tradition. He's going to hold you accountable to what's written. Tradition doesn't want Tradition, man is the author of tradition. But God is the author of what is written. And it is written that you must be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. The Bible says all that you do in word or in deed, do it all in the name of Jesus. You bless your food in the name of Jesus? All right. You pray on your food in Jesus' name. I think you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you two talk in tongues? You talk in tongues. She don't. You want it tonight? She said, yeah. She said, I'm scared, but yeah. Hallelujah. All right. 
sisters, we got water for both of you. All right? You want to get baptized tonight? All right, stand up. You two stand up. Somebody will be walking back. You're going to just follow her. In Jesus' name. Let's give God a hand, please. Two of you are ready to get baptized, and others are going to get the Holy Ghost. said to me it says I'm bringing Nandi into a new place and I heard Nandi saying but I, I don't really deserve this place Nandi lives in a place major guilt. You feel like you've messed up your life and other lives more than you've helped. There are some things that have hung over your head for years and they have blocked doors from opening Lord said, in spite of what is written on paper that has hindered you, the Lord says, I'm going to bless you according to what is written in his book. The Lord says, I'm going to show you another part of the story. Because there are some people that have known you for one way. But God says, I'm not finished yet. There are some that know you by your defeats. 
But God says you shall be known for the victory that he has given you. The Lord says, I'm going to cause you to build and to do what they said was impossible. Because I always, it's like I see you go, it's like doors always shut. When you get into a door, something happens and then boom. It's like you have to always keep starting back over. But the Lord said, I'm going to give you favor. The latter end is going to be greater than your beginning. This night, I want you to lay aside all weights and sin and doubt and fear. Lay it all aside. And begin to bless God each day for the new things he's doing. I see God taking your hands and your labor and multiplying the fruit of it. He's even going to cause you to win people by what you build with your hands. Goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. In the name of Jesus, the Lord is a restorer. Tonight, speak wholeness to you in your mind in your heart your spirit your relationships your thoughts help them Lord to walk according to your perfect will in Jesus name Brother Nandy you talk in tongues. You do it every day. I want you to write down. You got a refrigerator? You got a wife? She looks like a kid. <laughs> I'm telling you. It's, they got a kid too. All right. <laughs> I'm telling you, the, the view is not that good from back here. Up here. Sister Nandy's wife. Husband, my bad. Or, no, yeah, whatever. Come over. Figure and get out of here. Are you all social distancing? All right. I got like six pews in front of you all. You got the young man stretched out. That's what it is. what I want you to do. I want you to get out a sheet of paper. 
and I want you to write out the things that God is calling you to do that you know. Write it out in detail, both of you. And I want you to hang it up on your refrigerator. And I want you to pursue those things. And then on another sheet of paper, I want you to write out in detail that you believe that God can do for you. What you want to see God do personally for you and your family. Don't write according to what you have in your possession. But write according to what he has in his possession. Because God's going to multiply the fruit of your labor. In Jesus' name. Everybody put your hands together and give the Lord great praise as we turn the service back over to the hands of the pastor.